All right, welcome everybody to our latest podcast on the MX Vice Network. We we're going to review the Paris Supercross, chat some WSX and some AMA Supercross, and also have a general chat about the sport, Brad's testing, and just what's going on here at MX Vice. So before we get cracking, we'd first like to thank the sponsors and everyone for listening. So we firstly thank Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, the Cherbies, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, obviously, we're joined by MX Vice tester Brad Wheeler. So how's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, good to um, good to be back on. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, been pretty manic with uh, family life and all things like that. But um, yeah, actually got a new, sp- a new sponsor on board with Yamaha UK as well. Um, <clears throat> so obviously went over to test that new YZ250F. And um, yeah, Yamaha we're uh, obviously happy with uh, the job we did and uh, we're kind enough to give MX Vice a uh, 2024 YZ450 for the year. So, um, yeah, big thank you to Yamaha. Um, but obviously, yeah, they've got the new 2024 250F out this year with an outstanding track record that includes numerous MX2 Grand Prix race wins, as well as a string of 250 Supercross titles in the USA. The YZ250F is born to win. And with its with its reduced unsprung weight and refined suspension performance, the high tech motocross weapon is sharper, quicker, and smoother, and ready to own the podium. And uh, yeah, I can vouch for that. Obviously, rode it in France, and it is a serious bit of kit. So yeah, definitely, um, it's available now. I believe everywhere. So be worth worth um getting one if you're in that if you're looking for one. But um, yeah, it's been a uh been a pretty a few a busy few weeks i went to pick up the new 450 last week on tuesday the tuesday before that i was uh at fox hq in the uk which luckily is only about 15 minutes away from my house so that's handy um for a little presentation on the new fox v3 rs that uh came out in october and uh yeah they've given us one of those to test but as obviously we're in the UK and it's November, it's just constantly pissing down with rain and um, everything's shut. So hopefully, fingers crossed for a few dry days this week and uh, we will try and get out Sunday and uh, test that new V3RS and get that up on the website sort of Monday, Tuesday time is the plan. So yeah, got that to look forward to as well as heading out to Barcelona next thursday to test the 2024 kx450 which uh for anyone who's read anything about it is um a serious bit of kit and vastly improved from 23 from what i've told so yeah super look forward to that bit of sunshine just before christmas would be nice as well so yeah big things coming and lots of uh lots of content coming on mx vice in the uh testing side of things looking forward to it mate it should be definitely exciting times ahead on that with all our sponsors and partners and just yeah the bikes will be really good mate all reports are really good on that kawasaki obviously some stuff filtering through from america and we look forward to getting your take on it mate and we'll do a podcast on that and just your thoughts on it and obviously some pretty cool comparisons you'll have from all the different bikes and things you've been testing and riding mate so Definitely looking forward to hearing all that and I guess for this one we'll switch the focus to Paris Supercross what was your take on it mate you know, the track was pretty hard and slick, but it looked like it held up relatively well. And it was definitely a great weekend of action. 
And even though it's only an exhibition race, there's still plenty of value for these guys to extract from it in the 40th year of the iconic event. So I guess the main thing was, we'll start with Jet. How good was he, mate? Just another testament to his skills and his adaptability and his official, I guess, debut on a 450 in Supercross. So just so impressive, mate. He was able to make up, you know, the difference on so many of the sections, especially the sand and the whoops. He was really good, but he was just dialing everything, making it look easy as usual, letting the technique sort of hold him in good stead to navigate the track really smoothly. You know, you see all the wheel taps, the little bit of whipping, the scrubbing, you know, just all the nuances. He just gets it so spot on and looks in control and effortless, even though he had the odd sketchy moment here or there. Great battles with his brother too, which will sort of simmer nicely for A1 because obviously they're going to meet each other on the track, no doubt, mate. So, yeah, just I guess it's ominous for his competitors, isn't it, mate? He looked pretty damn flawless, but also maybe there's a few chinks in the armour there with the Supercross, but you never know. It's always a different beast racing against all those heavy hitters come A1, mate, but it's looking pretty ominous, all things considered, isn't it? Yeah, um, obviously, Jet, uh, the first night looked incredible, Um, 1-1-1. Just, yeah, just uh, a great ride all night was really Roxon was the only one sort of on par with him in the whoops and that wasn't even that consistent it was mainly it was mostly jet it was the quickest through the whoops all night um <clears throat> which I guess is kind of most people's uh weaker points when it comes to 450 supercross you kind of have those elite guys like Tomac Roxon um they're they're great in whoops and then but even like your Cooper Webbs uh they they tend to struggle Sexton was obviously really good last year in the whoops, but it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the whoops on the KTM. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously they, they were decent whoops, proper supercross whoops, not sort of half-assed. They were getting chewed up. They were pretty nasty. So yeah, it's a good confidence builder for Jet. Obviously first like proper supercross race. Um, the, the SMXs were kind of a little bit hybrid-y, so yeah, first Supercross race, um, obviously the first one just got the start. Second one worked his way through the pack methodically, didn't look out of control at any point. Just, yeah, uh, the track was not, the track was brilliant in terms of the sort of Supercrosses you get over, like this side of the pond. Um, but uh, yeah, relatively basic for the like the top four guys, I'd say. Um, they were sort of busting Roxon and Weber busting out quite a big rhythm in the in the first rhythm section on the first day, sort of going outside, going triple in, and then cording over the table, and then double into the corner, which it it kind of looked quicker to the eye, but Jet didn't decide didn't opted not to go for it. Whether it's more of a consistent thing, it was a safer option to just sort of go the like the double triple quad, um. <clears throat> But yeah, really, I, he seemed like he was making a lot of time up in the sand. Just really rolled mm. through that sand corner and over the 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 little two little module things coming out of the sand. Just really carried his speed around there well compared to Roxon and Webb and Hunter, who kind of looked like they were knifing it a little bit. Um, just yeah, just a few little things that he was doing, which was just a little tenth here, a little tenth there. Um, like the dra- little dragons back before the uh, the freestyle jump thing, he was just jumping, hitting the first one, just and not bothering with the rest of the of the dragons back. Um, 
yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, I don't think anything anyone expect anything else really. Hunter, I think, was was a real surprise. He looked confident. He looked real strong on the four fifty. Um, really, just looked like how he did on the two fifty. Um, like real neutral, nothing too flashy, but getting the job done. Roxon, uh, looked like he struggled all weekend. Really, um, mm. just didn't. Whether it was that that Jet and Hunter were there, and he he was having to push a little bit more than what he's been used to at the WSX, um, just yeah, a few little mistakes. Obviously, washed the front a couple times, um, yeah, just uh, didn't look like he had that same flair as what he did, um, at uh, well, at Abu Dhabi and um, Nation even. <laughs> Even the yeah nations yeah, um yeah but he's uh he's like a strong minded guy he'll he'll learn from it and obviously they've got the final round of the WSX is it this weekend yeah yeah uh, yeah in uh Australia yeah right yeah in yeah Melbourne. so yeah he'll he'll go into that and try and work on a few things um <clears throat> I think Webb uh. I think he's got to be a little bit disappointed. Um, obviously had a decent final race on Sunday, but was kind of due to Jet taking Hunter out and rocks and crashing, kind of lucked into that second place a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think overall he's got to be a little bit disappointed. The first race on Saturday couldn't overtake Subaras. Um, and if you're sort of saying that two times 450 Supercross champion can't overtake a guy that's struggling to make main events in past years is um uh like sort of a bit of a concern I think obviously we're in France tracks relatively basic um but still you'd like to think he would be in fast enough <laughs> to sort of really just ride by him um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how he goes, won't it, mate? On the Yamaha, obviously, he's a lot happier on that bike. Well documented the issues with the KTM, you know, the way that all panned out. But yeah, I think he just wanted to sort of obviously get a base, just an idea of what direction he wants to go. Obviously, he had the yeah. SMX thinking that'd be more super crossy. But I suppose, yeah, like you said, he took the podium really sort of consistent enough and just relied on Kenny's crashes. But he was saying you know, after the race, he was making fork adjustments, just needed a hit out, I guess to build confidence and get up to the intensity and speed of the guys like Jet Hunter and Kenny, because he hasn't done a lot of racing in the last six months, really. So just coming to no. grips with everything, new team again, or new old team, I guess you would say. But I think one thing which he seemed a lot happier was with the Yamaha and the whoops compared to the KTM. So once he starts yeah. getting that fitness work in, get those starts dialed massive for him as well, if you can get that going. And yeah, you could just tell he wasn't at the same level as the other guys, especially in the sand sections. He just didn't look as comfortable as smooth. But yeah, Kenny was just having those uncharacteristic crashes all week. And you hardly yeah. crash much. And having two in that one race was pretty different. But yeah, I think he was having issues with the bike and the fuel and the setup and obviously yeah, lots of tinkering think... the front end issues. I think that was just something that was not feeling confident. But I suppose it's still positive no. to make another race, another good test sort of build towards 2024 mate and that brutal travel schedule must be catching up with him too a little bit because he's uh definitely on the world tour isn't he oh yeah and roxon's been globe trotting this year for sure um and like the the track like um from afar looked real looked real good on the telly looked super grippy but you, you could tell it was um there were some stony sections out there and it was drying up and 
sort of breaking away quite a bit. You've seen Vial it got away from him coming back out onto the start straight on Saturday. Um, yeah, there's a few guys washing the front. So, yeah, I think maybe just putting a little bit too much weight on the front end um, in a few sections. But, yeah, and obviously Webb, he, de- he did look much better in the loops than what he did has done on that sort of new generation KTM in the past. So um, there is that positive to take from it. And, yeah, I think obviously Jet and Kenny are probably you know, in top four best Supercross riders in the world at the moment. Um, Hunter looks like he's going to be making a bid as well for that like top five best supercross riders in the world. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's we say he didn't look good, but he's we would have blown my doors off, uh, for sure. And, um, yeah, I think he's like you said, he's not been on the bike overly long. He's not really done a proper supercross race. Obviously, Jet's been racing all year on that bike. Um. Kenny's been doing quite a lot of supercross as well. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> fully expect him to be um pretty much back up to pace come Anaheim one in sort of whatever that is, ten, ten weeks or so, nine, ten weeks maybe, something like that. That's a complete guess. Uh <clears throat> but yeah. Comes around quick, think, doesn't uh, it, mate? And just I wanted to get your thoughts more on Hunter as well. Would you say that was definitely better than expected? I think you know, for less than three mm. weeks on the bike, definitely exceeded expectations. Looked very impressive, like you said, planted, connected. Obviously, they've done some good testing with the bike and got things relatively dialed. Obviously, the main downside for that weekend was that huge crash in the whoops when I think it was Tizia was down at the end and he sort of like headbutted that tough block. So luckily, that was yeah. there. That could have been a seriously <laughs> severe accident. But yeah, he's still adapting and still adjusting, and he looked so good at this early stage, which was pretty cool. And obviously, getting a win that's sort of a you know a nice boost for him as well. But yeah, he's really experienced, even though. He's 24 only, so he's got so yeah. much, you know, experience racing all series all over the world. So I guess what do you yeah. expect come A1, come the Supercross 450 series? Obviously, there's still a lot to learn and a lot of processes to go through for him. But And he said that 450 is a lot of bike to handle, especially on those tough tracks. But do you fully expect him to get maybe four or five podiums and just be a top five regular? That's probably where we're looking at, aren't we, mate, after that sort of hit out? Yeah, I think in the the first race on Saturday, I think he, he was in third, I think, and Roxham made a mistake. Um, I think maybe I can't remember if it was that race or not, but he it was kind of like, yeah, that is kind of like where I saw him. Um, he wasn't really on their pace. Um, and to be fair, he, he put himself in great positions, he got the good starts, but it did at times it definitely looked like he was holding up either Kenny or Jet. Um, <clears throat> especially sort of on the Sunday when Jet was behind him for sort of three or four laps, you'd just seen the gap that Kenny put out on the on the field. It was um he was sort of putting like a second and a half a lap. Um which is kind of what Kenny does early on, just blistering blistering fast, unbelievable pace. So um not overly surprising. I think if he can sort of carry those good starts into into the supercross and yeah, definitely in that top five. I don't think he's got the raw speed that like Jet and Tomac and Sexton and Roxon have. Um, so if he doesn't get the start, I don't see him making moves coming through the pack. Um, so, yeah, I think with a good start, top five, not a good start, ninth, eighth, ninth, around that sort of area. Um, it's just such a deep class. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> you look at the, you look at the list of the 450 class and it's just a, just a staggering 
group. Like you obviously you had four great riders there with Jet, Roxon, Hunter, and Webb, but there's like a massive handful of guys missing, like uh Anderson, yeah, Tomac, Sexton, Cirillo, Tomac, Sexton. Like there's another four guys. Yeah, Greg, AP, Stewart, Craig, Mookie, AP. Wilson. It's like you start checking and sprinkling those guys in there, and then all of a sudden that third becomes a fifth, and then it's a seventh, and then you're battling your ass off for ninth. This yeah, we're um it's gonna be a, a doozy of a year. But I, I don't think you can um take anything away from Jet. Um I think <clears throat> if you I don't think he's the I wouldn't say he's the favourite going in to the supercross, but I wouldn't make an argument to anyone that says he is. Um yeah. Who's your favourite? So. Sexton? <clears throat> um yeah, I think so. Just uh, yeah, from the interview he did with Cincerillo, um, on this podcast, he sounds like he's super happy on the KTM. Feels like it fits him a lot better. Um, I probably yeah, and obviously Tomat's coming off that injury, so no one really knows like where he's going to mm. be at. But I fully expect him to be back to where he was, if not better. I don't think he's coming back for anything less than less than the title, but. Yeah, I guess uh I guess we'll see. But I was I the most impressive rider for me was Aranda. Just the, the speed yeah. on Sunday, Super Pole was fucking amazing. It was like where did it, like the the intensity that he was going around the corners, it was like it was just live or die. Like I'm either gonna go super pole and the crowd's gonna erupt or I'm gonna be <laughs> in row five seat seat thirty four in a in and in a folded in half, but yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He was absolutely railing those berms and just full commitment into the whoops, just full send. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's been some questionable Super Bowl timings at Paris before with <laughs> the clock maybe running a little bit long and a little bit short for the French guys, but. Yeah, I mean that the lap just looked quicker than everyone else's. It was um yeah, it was it was blistering fast. Um but yeah, just obviously you just couldn't you, you just couldn't carry that speed for for ten minutes. It yeah. was just not possible. Um but yeah, I mean I've never really looked at him as a super cross guy, really. Um but yeah, clearly one of the best French guys. Yeah, they're pretty fast, those French guys on the Supercross, and obviously he'll be doing WSX as well. So he obviously, you know, those guys, they're no joke, and on their own tracks and on their own services, they certainly give anyone a test. And, yeah, it was good to see the crowd erupting. And I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on Vial as well, another Frenchman who obviously big heavy hitter in that KTM 250 there. But, yeah, it wasn't quite the struggle was a bit there. Obviously, he had some good races, some bad ones, and obviously there's been a lot of talk about that KTM as well. So didn't look overly comfortable. You must say the whoops were a bit of a struggle. The back end was stepping out quite often. Just didn't look like a usual sort of connected, stable, technically proficient, which he always is, but wasn't, you know, the VR we all know from just being very planted and rarely making mistakes or anything like that. So it was a little bit different to see that. And obviously wouldn't have been great for his confidence getting beaten by Bourdon getting chased down in that one. But I guess Shimoda was just the man. You know, that race wasn't he all weekend. Yeah. He was so good. That such an <laughs> impressive first hit out on that HRC Honda. Obviously, he faced a little bit of adversity having to come through the pack and some bad starts. But yeah, the skills were just sort of a cut above 
everyone, wasn't he? You just see some of those, like that sand section, he's almost like on the pegs leaning over so fast. It's like one quick sweep where, you know, maybe in other guys, they're like compartmentalizing the sections, whereas he's just smooth as and just makes it look easy. But yeah, great weekend for him. Obviously, I believe he said he was on Hunter's bike from the Nations and they've been obviously working those settings to fit him and make the adjustments he wants, he said to Steve from Pulp afterwards. So yeah. interesting little insight there. But yeah, I believe he plans to race West Coast. So yeah, he'd be definitely one of the favourites for that, if not mm-hmm. the favourite. So pretty formidable effort, mate. And I guess Joe Shimoda's definitely having a good end to this year. So I guess it's going to be all system go come May 1 for him and the team. And definitely a good hit out, mate. Definitely look good because that Kawasaki was coming from was an excellent bike too. And to look so good already, even though it's only Paris, it's definitely ominous. Yeah, I think um, obviously it's the, uh, what, 21, <clears throat> it's like the third year of that bike now, that, that 250 Honda. So yeah, any kinks will be out of it. They'll have the best parts now. It'll be, yeah, it'll be ripping. Um and yeah, he's obviously come from Honda, uh, back in his Geico days, so familiar, yep, sort of with how the Honda works. Uh, yeah, looked awesome, super, looked really comfortable. Like you said, a lot of guys were sort of compartmentalizing the sections into this rhythm section, then I'll go around the corner, then the whoops, but he was just like flowing. Um, <clears throat> clearly the quickest in the whoops by a considerable way. Um, just like yeah, on top of them, just they wanted to be, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then and the kit was impressive. Just, uh, Obviously, we got the Fox and Scott partnership with MX Vice. That yeah. was looking pretty on point too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look cool. Big fan of the Fox on the Honda. Um, and Scott goggles look awesome as well. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, pretty much the setup I'm running minus the Honda. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks sweet. He did look cool. Um, yeah, also, uh, the America Jace Owen obviously crashed mm. in the first corner and Joe didn't go down, but did really get held up. But yeah, no, didn't panic, just like put the brakes on round him, got going again, and sort of come right back through. Uh, <clears throat> the only Colin thing Park was pretty it, solid, yeah, yes, yeah, he was, especially on the Sunday, real, some real good rides. He looks massive on that ish. bike, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them did though. It looked like that board on looked like it looked like the back end was really dropping in the whoops, like really sinking down into the whoop. But it was kind of working for them. Whereas Joe was just on top, and Vial just made it look just hard work. Really made it look difficult through the whoops. Just did not look comfortable really hesitant um yeah it was like watching marv like a few years ago in the whoops like exactly the same like no entry speed just dread like just looks like he's dreading the whoops every lap um but really there's not the it's a conf obviously a confidence thing you've just got to be you've just just got to send it in there um and the more speed you come in with the 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 better it is but yeah, it's something he's going to have to work on if he wants to any chance of winning any of those Supercross titles next year. Yeah, because you kind of want to gain speed, like even, you know, Max Anstey was saying at the Newcastle Supercross, 
just last week that I was at. He was clicking into fifth in the whoops there. So mm. it sort of shows just looking for that traction, the rear wheel to get the momentum. Yeah. But sort of you really got to be all in committed. You don't want to have any hesitation or lapses going in, mate, or doubt yourself. So yeah, it's a yeah. skill that takes a lot of time. And a lot of those dudes have got you know, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years training on it. And he's really only got yeah. a year like, essentially. It, so it's a tough adaptation process I mean, mentally and on the bike. Yeah. I mean, sometimes obviously they break down and you end up jumping through them. But that seems to happen more in the 450 class. So we'll see it later on in the night. So um, that just happens. But yeah, the 250, you've just got to be able to get on top of them. It's it's just part of it. There's not you can't rely on being able to jump through them. Um, as we've seen with especially on Mars, such a short really. track like that. Yeah, yeah. If you jump through those, you'd lose like probably a second and a half. Um, especially on the Sunday, they were just so fast. Um, yeah, that's kind of his Achilles heel, really. Um, and again, with Joe, the aggression, he caught up. I can't remember which race it was. It might have been... Biel was in the lead. I think Bordon was second. There was about a lap and a half to go, and he's come out... Shimoda's come out the sand. Mm. He's about half a bite length or so behind Bordon, or Bordeaux, whatever you say his name. Um, Bordon. Bordon? Yeah, and um, yeah. Before the rhythm section, he he should he should have just sent him into the stands, but it just it like he backed out of it, and then he's like sort of lost the traction and span span out a little bit, and that was it. Then <clears throat> he just had to just just go straight to the like the the top of the jump and just shut the door, but he just doesn't seem to have that instinct of just. I'm going to buy this guy now, whether I hit him or not. He's, I mean, <clears throat> get, get quite important in Supercross he... having to lay it on people, isn't it? Because there's just it is especially especially when you're racing against guys like Deegan and Thrasher and Kitchen and Voland and like Jordan Faulkner Smith and all these Jordan, yeah, like all these guys that are pretty much on the same speed as you. You've got sometimes you've got to throw an elbow, and I've I've only ever seen seen do it once, and that was it. The the SMX final round, he sort of caught Deegan, did did give him a bump, but <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of the only time I've ever seen it. And I kind of was hoping that was going to be like a bit of a, a page turner for him, and that was it. He's going to use finally a bit of the aggression that he needs, and we'll go from there. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's an exhibition race, so it's not the be all and end all so maybe he's just like oh, it's not <clears throat> i'm not going to fold this guy in half for the sake of second place when i'm going to win the overall anyway um so maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there but um yeah i think jay Sowen was was also decent i think mm. if yeah i think if you're vial and kind of probably thinking you're in with a shot of getting some wins next year and if things sort of fall your way maybe even the title but you don't want to be getting beat by Jay Sowin and Anthony Bourdon and people like that it's um I mean what's Jay Sowin the top 10 250 mm. guy sort of 8th ninth, um which is obviously respectable and better than 95% of the people in the world but yeah um yeah, if you're Tom Vial, two-time world champion, and you're being paid to win titles, that's not the sort of guys you need in front of you. You want to be like 
up Shimo's ass all weekend, like making it difficult for him, but no one seemed to do that. So Yeah, it'll be interesting sort of subplot to follow how he goes in Supercross. Obviously, we know how good he is outdoors, so we'll definitely watch it with interest in year two in Supercross, mate. It'll be really sort of fascinating to see how he goes and if he can sort of conquer those whoops because that's obviously a key determining factor in Supercross and sort of the difference between, you know, being good and great, isn't it? So, yeah, all the best to him because, you know, he's taken that step and I guess sort of segues nicely into Prado on Supercross. Obviously, last time we spoke, we had a chat about it and the rumours are getting increasingly sort of gathering momentum about him potentially racing A1 and a couple. Obviously, a lot of media stuff you hear with the Gypsy Tales podcast, which was really cool and a lot of insight in there and how he adapts. But yeah, obviously, if a guy is going to make the step, it's probably him with all the you know, technique and the skill and just the composure and just how he navigates things so smart and intelligent even though he's only still 22 obviously winning the mxgp world titles that's another thing he ticked off and you know he'll definitely be back in mxgp next year but we'll just see in you know what capacity he races in the ama if at all so i guess it's something a nice little subplot to the off season to follow mate hasn't it just to see prado and i know you mentioned you know it was a wise idea even a few weeks ago that he should do a1c and lining up there so your take on the whole prado supercross thing obviously those videos they put out he looked excellent but he always looks excellent prado so like we've been saying riding supercross is one thing racing it's a whole different animal you know the intimidation factor the close quarters combat the familiarity is just not there if you haven't done it race against these guys that are veterans and so many calculations need to be made in such a short amount of time and it can certainly bite you if you've not got everything, you know, in a row. So your thoughts on all that, mate? It's just really interesting and cool for the sport and cool for Prado because he's such a great rider. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mentioned that I think he would end up doing the first couple of rounds um, similar to what Roxon did in 2011 just because he was, it, it, it was, they said he was going out to try like Supercross and ride in America to see if it was something that he'd want to do in 25 um which to me is like he's gonna go out there for like a week or so like spend a bit of time on the supercross track see if he can how long it takes him to get things dialed in um but he was just it just seemed like he was motoring down just putting in laps and laps and laps um and yeah obviously he looked really good so it was like i feel like he's he's gearing up for to do a couple of these races um and why not if your team's happy for you to do it it's where you want to be in the, like the year coming up in 25 it's why not go in and sort of get your feet wet a little bit um at least then you'll know sort of what you got coming the year after where you need to work or you might find out that you're shit art and with the help of the msgp <laughs> i've got a, i've got a 12 point lead in the supercross and I'm running with it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not expecting him to have a twelve point leader if he does three rounds. Or, but I, I don't think. <clears throat> I mean, he's Jorge Prado. He's uh two time X two world champion, MXGP world champion. Like pulls whole shots for a laugh. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him like maybe get on the box in one of them. Um, just this, just not because he's a better rider than the rest of them, just because he puts himself into such good positions. Um, and his fitness is yeah, excellent too, isn't it? Yeah, like his fitness isn't going to be in question. He gets good starts. He knows how to ride the bike. Um, he's not going to do anything stupid. It's not like he's a sixteen-year-old kid that's never been 
under the lights or whatever. He's yeah, like he's been in the highest pressure situations you can be in. Um, so just yeah, that things like that aren't going to phase him. It would just be obviously riding around a supercross track on your own, hitting whoops on your own is different to hitting whoops with three other guys next to you. Um, yeah, but, maybe the intensity could be a bit of an adjustment too, because that's something different yeah. across two, isn't I it? I mean, obviously, as a rule, the first like few supercross tracks are more of your basic ones. Obviously, people are still a little bit rusty. They don't want to write off their star guys um, <clears throat> in the first couple of rounds. So that'll obviously pay pay in his favour as well. So, yeah, I mean, it does seem like he's gone a little bit quiet on the whole AMA front. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see come Anaheim if he lines up or not, but yeah, I think it'd be cool, even even if he ends up sort of just getting like seventh, eight, you know, right in there. It's obviously it's still a positive, it's um, it, it will be good, no matter, yeah. We'll just no find out, I guess, his, his approach, isn't it? See if he likes it, if he doesn't like it, you know, it'd just be really cool. Imagine the buzz A1's already going to be massive mm. Lawrence Brothers, Tomac Sexton, Roxon, add Prado to the mix, Barsha. Oh, it's going to be pretty crazy, mate. Something to look forward to, and no doubt we'll be previewing that as we get closer. But I guess just a couple more things to discuss on this one. WSX, your excitement towards that, mate. Obviously, the last round was an interesting one, probably didn't go down how they planned. They were very constricted in that arena, and the racing was pretty sort of arena crossy. Obviously, Vince Fries was getting. Pretty wild in there. Dean Wilson is doing well. And Savachi and Roxon, they're obviously you know, first and second on there. So Kenny's five points back heading into the last round, which should make it pretty interesting, mate. But I think they'll be happy to get to Melbourne and a bit more of a proper track there. So that should be a really great event. Obviously, the Australian Supercross is on the Friday and then the World Supercross on the Saturday. And I guess Max Anstey's in a pretty commanding position over McElrath in SX2. So that should be his title wrapped up, mate. So just your thoughts on, I guess, WSX as a whole. Do you fully expect Kenny to get the job done and overcome that deficit? And I guess just your thoughts on Freese and Wilson, that incident, and just the general takeaway from the last round. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think Roxon, obviously the track in WW was like the most basic of basic tracks. Um, <clears throat> I think... Uh, yeah, Melbourne, the track will be more, much more of a supercross track. Roxon will be able to sort of flex a little bit more. Um, he, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, yeah, his main competitor, Savachi, who do you say is second in points? Roxon. Uh, Roxon is second in points, yeah. So, yeah, I think Roxon does get the job done. Just as a rule, his starts are decent. He's, he's the best guy in the class. Um, so... But obviously, um, three races, yeah, and this the Olympic scoring. So, um, he obviously that is going to need a little bit of help. If Joey goes two 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 behind him, it's not it's not going to be enough for Roxon. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I think if you're if you're Joey, you just let Roxon have it. Just yeah, take the seconds, um, and just pray to fuck that Vince Freezy's not behind you. Um, but we're yeah, and Anstey, um, did what he had to do. McElrath made the mistake, had a shit gate pick, couldn't come through the pack because the track was a pile of shit. Um, and yeah, Anstey capitalized on it, had three good starts, um, three solid rides, and yeah, obviously has a decent points lead now. So, um, hopefully he can reap the benefits and he'll be the 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 first. British world champion since Jamie Dobb. So <laughs> back in like 01. So that 
that drought will finally be over. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't have the for all the freezy incidents. There was apparently there was some cross jumping. Obviously, mm-hmm. just watching it on telly, it's hard to tell. Um, didn't really see anything. Didn't have an issue with the pass on Dean. Um, if he wants to leave the door open, someone's going to come through it. Uh, I. He just yeah, doesn't I mean, seem to care, does he? He just doesn't. Well, no, it's like fuck it, isn't it? Why? <laughs> why would you care? It's there's there's a decent amount of money on the line. The track's super basic. He's clearly not the fastest guy. He's he's going through the whoops well enough that as long as you're on the outside of him, he he's just going to shut the door. And then it's through that tight little poxy bit out the back. <laughs> he's just rolling through there in first gear. I'm pretty right sure. Chicken. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, and like that bit where they come back towards the stadium looked like it was no wider than a handlebar. Mm. Um, and yeah, just then down the middle of the track, cross to the inside, just guard your insides. And if someone wants to go by you, they've either got to move you out of the way or um, literally just going to have to go by you so fast, which is obviously what a couple of the guys end up doing in the whoops, managed to just literally go by him so fast that they were already at the corner and out of it before he got there. But it was, uh, yeah, I mean, wasn't super pumped on the, uh, Savachi sort of hit him off the track and then he's just like off the track hooking gears, um, <laughs> comes back on in front of him. It was a bit of a questionable moment. Um, but I mean, fucking hell, this is WSX has every chance that they would have just not even bothered penalizing him. Um, but as it goes, he did obviously get penalized, but still finished third overall. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he ends up third in the series again, this is a nice little payday for him. <laughs> it's um obviously for guys like Roxon and that, it's the the money for like third is not gonna make or break anything, but for a guy like Vince Freezy, that's gonna um help out a great deal. And I mean, it's a team of like Vince Freeze and Michael Essie and Tony Alessi and it's just going to be drama. So it's uh, I I'm here for it. I like I don't have an issue with the way he rides. He rides backwards. Yeah, he does. But he he gets good starts and he as a rule doesn't do anything overly dirty. Just he 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 rides behind him. He'll brake check you. He'll like stop in the corner. He'll ride you out. And the the dude can like sort of. As retaliation passes go, he's pretty good. Like if you get by him, he'll mm. fucking dive straight back down the inside, no problemo. Like you've got, and like that's what, like that's what you got to do with people. Like if you get, if they get passed and you go straight back by him, they're like fuck, like fuck's sake, it's just mm. taking me like eight yeah. laps to get past this guy, and he's now back in front of me. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, props to him. He's out there giving it a go and giving people a headache. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining to watch and he's not changing, so expect more of the same this weekend, isn't it, mate? Yeah. We'll be yeah. watching with interest and I guess any final thoughts before we wrap this one up, mate? Obviously, you've got some cool plans in the works and yeah, if you want to mention that Yamaha thing and maybe drop the even strokes code as well, mate, and we definitely look forward to seeing all the content you're producing and obviously the stuff you've done, like the Rip Clear and all those other tests, I'd encourage people to check out the website and look at the stuff that's yeah. been put up there by Brad. So just, yeah, final thoughts on what's on the horizon again for you. 
Yeah, so like like I said, we picked up the um new YZ450 on Tuesday. Um hoping to get out this weekend and try that new the Fox V3 RS and get that up online for um people to have a look at. Um yeah, also hopefully we should sort of try some GYTR parts throughout the year. Um they've sort of said if anything you want to try, just let us know and we'll try and make it happen. So that's good of Yamaha to they're sort of pretty on board with this whole thing. And uh yeah, parts and parts of Europe, sorry, uh a service. Um we've got a test coming with uh MotoClick, which is a suspension mm-hmm. tool, which um is gonna be a bit of a game changer. Uh and yeah, and it's like if anyone else listening to this podcast is thinking that we you want us to um do a test with uh whatever it is you've got, whether it be kit or hard parts or anything like that, then if you drop me an email it brad.wheeler at mxvice.com and um yeah we'll uh try and work some out but as uh yeah as far as even strokes go the code bradwheeler10 is still live it's also there's also big black friday deals at the moment uh don't know did, it, did you do black friday in, in oz that yeah, yeah it's all happening here too yeah so yeah black friday on even strokes they've got some pretty mad deals um <clears throat> particularly on the just one kit so yeah, evenstrokes.com. I don't think the code works on the things that are in the deal, but it will work on anything else. So Brad Wheeler 10, evenstrokes.com and also Black Friday. So big discounts going on at evenstrokes.com. Awesome, mate. Thanks for that info. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors again in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASA Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK. Obviously, Yamaha UK, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. So thanks again, Brad, for joining us, mate. It's been good to catch up and chat all things moto and probably do this one next week after the WSX and the OzX rounds. Yeah, sounds good, mate. No worries, mate. Have a good one.